Hello and welcome back to another episode of Discipleship.ca. My name is Steve, and with me today is... Teresa. I forgot to say that second part of the sentence. <laughs> Thanks for joining us as we have another discussion with the hope, good prayer, and goal of encouraging you in your daily walk of faith and journey towards Christ-likeness as we explore scripture, faith, and the Christian life, as well as talking about what Jesus is teaching us on our journeys of faith. Uh, today, we are going to look at another story from uh, the Gospels, so another, another moment where Jesus is at working on, working on um, the, uh, the disciples and their understanding, and, and today we get this picture of uh, what Jesus does when he's got just the few, right? Now, when you break down the disciples, you can think about there's the 12, right? and then there's Peter, who seems to be the first among equals, and when you get to the to the to the book of Acts, he's sort of like the de facto leader a little bit, right? Uh, um, but in the in in a few stories, you get Jesus taking away three. Hmm. Uh, they're kind of like there's the twelve, the, the three, and the one. It's kind of <laughs> this leadership kind of paradigm. Yeah, which we so get yeah, so we're gonna look at a yeah. story where in Matthew 17, Jesus takes his inner circle away. Uh, together with him, and they go up a mountain, and they hang out for a bit, and we're going to read that in a second. Um, and and but the reality that we need to see is like so many times, uh, you know, we we realize that God uh, has created amazing things that mm. we see, and He's created uh, people who in turn have created things, right? Like right. there's a this is a, a God of creation, and uh, at different times He lets us see different things in His creation, and this. This story of the transfiguration lets us see the glory of Jesus okay. through the gospel of Matthew and the eyes of the three disciples, Peter, James, and John, who go up. And we get to, we get a picture of mm. what Jesus is going to look like or, or act like mm-hmm. in heaven. Right. And, and, but it happens here on earth for these three guys. So okay. can you read Matthew chapter 17, uh, verse 1 through 2? Nine. nine, right? Yeah. After... Six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah, talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, and one for Moses, and one for Elijah." He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Mm -hmm. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise, and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, Tell no one the vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So first thing we we look at uh, uh, verse one. I mean, we start to realize that um, there's a precision to what Jesus is doing. He doesn't always include everybody in all things, right? He actually is choosing. And while Matthew is writing the account, um, Peter, James, and John are the ones that get to go. Right. Right. So yeah. Matthew knows what's going on. He hears this, but he's not part of it. Right. Um, the other disciples are not part of it. Hmm. Um, it's interesting, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. And and commentators are kind of split. Right. Like. Okay. Some say, "Hey, he invited these three because they were more important." 
Hmm. Others say, no, he invited these three because he was terrified of what they might do when they were left alone. I right? mean, those and are you, fair And, and you think Peter is kind of, this is Peter and James and John. This is, this is, uh, this is, this is the kind of wild cards yeah. of, of the, of the group. Right. So anyway, they come in There's and, the and they go up in the mountain and like the precision and just the detail should help us to understand, like you don't make up. Like you won't make up all these stories. Yeah, right? this no. is this is where when you start to get the details of this story and you hear it and you understand that Matthew is the one writing this, but he wasn't actually up there. Right. This is something that would have been a transforming mm. kind of process that these three guys went through with Jesus. Mm-hmm. So they would have learned mm-hmm. uh, and talked about it, even though we just heard them say, "Don't tell anybody about this." But clearly, well, until after. until after, so right? maybe they waited like yeah. they were supposed to. So maybe to. they waited. Uh, and and they go up on the Mount of Transfiguration, high mountain. Um, just so you know, if you're a geography nut, uh, it's either Mount Tabor, Mount Hermon, or Mount Myron. Um, okay. Tabor isn't all that high, uh, but it's on the way from Caesarea Philippi to Capernaum. Uh, Mount Hermon is like nine and a half thousand feet high. Okay. Uh, so most people say it's probably too high or too cold for them to go up there and spend the night. Hmm. Um, and Mount Myron is a little bit higher than uh, Tabor, but way sm- shorter than Hermon. And it was the highest mountain between Caesarea Philippi and Capernaum. Right, hmm. so so different people choose different mountains. We don't actually know which one, okay. but if you uh, you got a choice of three, right? Um, <laughs> Spurgeon, the mountain like isn't Spurgeon. clearly important because it, it just like says led them up a high yeah, mountain. I, I like Spurgeon. The name of yes. the high mountain can never be known for those who knew the locality left no information. Tabor, if you please, Herman, if you prefer. Yeah, no one can decide. Yeah, <laughs> well, and it's clearly not a need to know. Yeah. It's not important. And that's the piece of that detail that we need to remember is that God lets us know what is important. Yeah. They went up a mountain. A high mountain. Something <laughs> happened. Only three of them they got were to go. Mm-hmm. The details are what give us uh, part of the understanding of what's going on. Right. Um, we hit verses two and three. Can you read two and three again? For Absolutely. Me? And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun. And his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Mm-hmm. Now, I am, uh, I am hmm. a podcast kind of junkie. There's a bunch I listen to. There's some, yes. some guys that are working their way through the entire Bible, taking oh. chunks of time. And I'm, I'm I don't know, where I'm in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. I mean, we're into numbers now. Um, but the moment you see like this... Transfiguration starts to talk, and and Jesus goes up and begins to shine like the sun. Um, anyone who spends any time with God hmm. comes back shining. Yeah, right. Moses yeah. when he's up on the mountain. Um, this is this is what it it is. Transfigured. The transfiguration means to be changed. That's the word. There's there's something transformational that happens to the outward appearance of Mm. Jesus that is striking to the three that are with him. Right. They see him change. Right. And and (laughs) most say, Hey, this is what, this is what Jesus is probably going to be more like when we get to, uh, eternity. Mm -hmm. Well, and this is before the cross. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Absolutely. Like I think a lot of people assume that the transfiguration happens after the cross, but no, this is before 
He goes to the cross. Yeah. And the word in there is dokio, which right. means to reflect. Okay. So the idea here is that they are seeing Jesus transformed into this glorious state, but he is reflecting the glory of God the Father. Right, so there's this 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 brightness, this light that is coming, and and if you were to jump all the way to the end uh, in Revelation when it's explaining what heaven is like, there is no sun, right? Because we get the light from Jesus. Okay, this 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 glory shining that is is part of His uh, countenance right now. That's that's what we're going to see in eternity, and then. Uh, the heroes of the faith show up, right? Yes. Moses and Elijah appear with Jesus, mm-hmm. and, and everybody mm-hmm. wants Moses and Elijah back. And there's this moment here where it's like, you know what? Um, they're getting together and having a conversation. So there's the 12 that Jesus has just taken mm-hmm. the three out. Mm-hmm. And then in all of the past patriarchs and leaders and people of the past, the prophets, everyone, mm-hmm. In this moment of transfiguration, Jesus says, Moses and Elijah, I'm going to meet with those guys. Yeah. And he has this moment with them. And so you kind of get this idea uh, or this understanding like Jesus is in relationship um, with all of the people of the past. Right. Well, and like it's so interesting, isn't it? Because we have this idea of what's going to be like once we pass from this world into the next yeah, and I don't think we have a clue, really. No, like, no. And how how did the disciples recognize that it was Moses and Elijah? It, it, um, was that just? God I'm assuming they it? got an intro, right? Like, they got an intro. You know, they wouldn't have known what they looked like. It's that's not like I, they were holding a pol- Polaroid. No. you're not going to look up their Facebooks. No, like there would yeah. have been no pictures. That would have been, I'm assuming, two dudes with nice robes leaning on a staff with big bushy beards. Like, like, I don't, I yeah. don't know how you know. It's just like, fascinating I don't know if Moses to shows up and he's still holding the, the staff. You know, like he's got, you know, I was just about. I don't know if this is like Star Wars, where right. like they come back in in hologram, hologram oh, holog- form. Hologram. That's for, how I picture it so, in my you head. Know, and like Moses is holding two two tablets, so they're like, "Hey, he's got oh. the Ten Commandments." It's clearly Moses. I don't think it's like that. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how they know <laughs> other than I'm pretty confident Jesus is, is a good guest or a good host and would have been like, hey, you guys don't know each other. Moses, this is Peter. Peter, Moses. And, and away you go. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right? Fair. So there's like going to be a little bit of an introduction. But then, you know, there's this face shining like the sun. His clothes are glowing white. We got mm-hmm. Moses and Elijah and all this stuff is going on. And, and uh, uh, right away, they, they're talking. They're talking about... Uh, um, what Jesus is doing, where he's going, all this kind of stuff. It doesn't really tell us a whole lot about the conversation. No, uh, but it doesn't. Then, but then in verse 4, Peter Peter, uh, yes. Peter does what Peter does. <laughs> Don't you love Peter? He just takes oh, yeah. it right to the no. next level he does, always. Hey, he and does, Peter said to he Jesus. He does what we all want to do. <laughs> he does. He says, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Keep yeah. going. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Yeah. This is the second time yep. that and this has been said from yep, the clouds. From, from the clouds, the second time. We'll, we'll get there. Okay, um, sorry. So, ahead. Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make three, three tents. Three like, tab- I live here now. Three you tabernacles. <laughs> One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. We'll just, we'll just, we'll hang out yeah. outside, but we're going to yeah. be here. 
And uh, Mark 9, 6 and Luke 9, 33 point out that Peter didn't know what they were saying when he said this. The words that he gives puts Moses and Elijah and Jesus all on equal level. Right. We'll make three tests, one for each right. of you. Building yeah. equal shrines equal. for each. Mm. Not quite where oh, we need Peter. to get. So, well, it's a great idea. <laughs> like, hey, these guys are shiny, glowy, white clothes on Jesus. Like, these guys came, you know, two come back from, from the past history. Jesus has got this transfiguration going on and... and Boom! Now all of a sudden, we need to put all these together. Now here is the here is the theology behind why there's these three. Okay. So we have Moses, who is known for bringing what to the people? Ten Commandments. Oh the yeah. Law. Yeah, yeah. He brings the law. Elijah is considered the greatest of the prophets. Yes. So he's the reformer. So the, the law reformer. comes. And then Elijah says, you guys aren't doing this right. He's the one that kind of claims, speaks that pretty loud. I mean, most of the prophets have that same message, but Moses is considered the lawgiver. Elijah is considered the reformer. Yeah. And Jesus is the Messiah. The Messiah. So there's this three, th- three associations that a Jewish person would look at and go, Moses and Elijah are pretty important, and the Messiah to come is as well. Right. So they would look at them with this kind of equality. And so they want to build these tents, shelters of branches and erected for the Feast of Tabernacle when they were ready for the Messiah to come back and celebrate that whole thing. And this is where all of a sudden God comes in and is like, (laughs) hold on. I need to put a stop to this. (laughs) We're in a cloud up here, just in case anybody's never really been on a tall mountain. Uh, (laughs) If you're on a tall mountain and weather starts blowing in, it's a bad deal. Uh, You don't want to be there when the storm hits because you are now on an elevated place where lightning doesn't have to Mm. go very far to get you or weather can turn bad. It can get cold, wet, rainy, windy, all those kinds of things. I never think of it being stormy like that in Israel. Yeah, yeah, no, you can, you can. So strange. Of course it does. So they say you can go there and ski on snow on a mountain most of the time. Okay. I didn't know that. Put that on the bucket list of trips. Okay. For the skiing. Uh, Yeah. Not that we (laughs) ski now, but we could go there. Oh, I used to ski all the time. Yeah. We, you used to. (laughs) <laughs> I, did, I did not grow up in skiing world so no. so then God comes in and like you said this is my beloved son this is who I am well pleased hmm. uh, yeah no there's a few places that, that God speaks about this uh, this whole thing is important to interrupt Peter okay um, he's putting a stop to what so he's God saying so God from heaven rebukes hmm. Peter uh, Peter attempting to put Jesus on the equal footing of Moses and Elijah Yes. So take this as a statement where God steps in and says, hey, they don't camp on the same level. Yeah. Like these three guys, not the same. <laughs> That's my son. And, and he didn't, like Jesus didn't correct. Like Jesus has been correcting and rebuking Peter this whole time. Yeah, yeah. But it, God intervened. Yeah. In this moment. God steps in and says, mm. hold on. Now, if you think back, you know. This like is, God the Father, because Jesus yeah, is God the Son. This is mm. the same, same statement. Um, from the Jesus baptism. This is my son, one thing about most, yeah, please, yeah, yeah. right? That's what I was referring to earlier, yeah. But the disciples weren't there oh, yet, right? No, of course. That's so interesting. this is where he, God, God comes in and says the same thing to elevate because back hmm. then, hmm. people were putting Jesus on the same level as John the John Baptist. John the Baptist, yes. And, and God steps in and says, ah, uh-huh, right, uh-huh. different level. Different level there. Yeah. And, and so... 
we start to get this idea right, like good. there's this sonship that is so important. It's that piece of the Trinity. It's one of these spots where we get to see the father very clearly saying, hey, this is my son. There's the, there's the submissive relationship, father to son, but the son now is actually above us. If he's above Moses yeah, and Elijah, he's right. above the rest of... And that's being made right? very clear to Peter yeah. right here. So and Psalm, the Psalm 2, verse 7, the father says mm. to the son, you are my son. Mm. Isaiah 42, 1, the father says to the son that he is the one whom my soul delights. Mm. Matthew twelve eighteen says... Uh, my, this is my son in whom my soul is well pleased. Deuteronomy eighteen fifteen. the father says through Moses, God the father says through Moses, the, the prophet about the coming Jesus, that you shall hear him and he is my son, right? Mm. This idea that uh, a son is, is coming has been laid out over and over and over. But this is that moment where God steps in and says, don't miss this. Yeah. He's not equal to them. He is my son. This is the Messiah, right? So Absolutely. it's a whole different level. So well, then, and they fall down, like face first, fall down. They're oh, yeah. terrified. Yeah, yeah. Which is five and six. Right? You want to read verses five and six? Yes, I do. He was still speaking when behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them and a voice from the cloud said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Mm-hmm. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a common theme when God speaks. Yeah. So <laughs> this is where you start to realize, hey, when you're in the presence of God, yes, camping isn't the thing that you're supposed to camping isn't the thing that you're supposed to be doing. Right. Right? It's it's something about that this this presence with God should cause us to be hiding our face. Mm. I mean the Jewish people tied a rope to the high priest on the yes. Day of Atonement when he went yeah. into the temple to do the, the Day of Atonement sacrifices in the Holy of Holies, lest they die because they see God, yes. right? And, and now in this moment, these guys are like, oh, Moses and Elijah probably don't bow down because they're already dead, right? Yeah, yeah fair. But the other three are still like, alive. They're still alive. <laughs> there's there's yeah. risk here. Yeah. When they hear God's voice, they fall face down. And that's that's yeah. fear of the Lord, right? Yeah, that's that uh, awe. This quick focus of of wanting to build tents and having a kind of jovial party celebration, mm. feast like tab- you know, feast of the tabernacles type uh, deal, suddenly turns into fear for their mm. own well being and yeah. their position before God. And uh, God is affirming Jesus' image, if he you know of who he is. And, and and how he was uh, transformed in this moment mm-hmm. to show God's glory, right? Mm. Um, if God had been angry, right, these three guys are dead. Yeah, absolutely. That's just the way this works in Scripture. Yeah, and then that takes us. They're down on the ground. They're 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 realizing the gravity of who they're talking with, and then we get verses seven, eight, and nine. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, "Rise and have no fear." And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. Hmm. And as they were coming down to the mount, down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, "Tell no one the vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead." So here he speaks of his death, and I, like, and they still don't get it. These disciples—they're a little slow yeah. on the uptake, aren't they? Yeah, 
No, they are a little slow. So Jesus touches the disciples, tells mm. them to get up and, and to Don't not be afraid. Be afraid. Yeah. It's another word, another phrase that comes through Scripture all the time. Angels were saying it in the Old Testament. Right. Don't be afraid. Don't, don't be afraid. Do not fear. At the, you know, when they come to Mary, don't be afraid. Mm. Uh, when they come to the shepherds, don't be afraid. Yeah. Um, the, the image, when we get a peek into what heaven is like, what mm. glory is like, we are going to be afraid. Yeah. And so often we miss that in this world. We think that heaven is just going to be some kind of mm. jovial party where we line up at the pearly gates and Peter gives us the stamp on the hand. Yeah, and we get fist to go, pumping. We get to go in for the party. As long as i got the stamp on the hand, I'm good right, to go. Right. Now, this is a big deal. No, there's still the fear of the Lord there's and the like awe. Our, our scriptures are full of, exactly, the awe that we should have, mm. the reverence that should mm. be there, the fear of the Lord, mm. because we do not deserve to mm. be anywhere near him. Right. Like this is amazing, a serious the, thing. Except for the grace that comes through except Christ. For, yeah, except for Jesus. So in the midst of all this, who is restoring them and lifting them up? Mm. Jesus. Yet again, it's yeah, Jesus coming right. to them and say, don't be afraid. Mm. I've got you. Yeah. I've got you. He's going to do this in a more succinct and complete way at the cross. Yes. But even here in this moment where they are confronted with the the awesome power and glory and magnitude of God the Father speaking to them mm. and the and the transfigured Jesus who is now white linens and mm. shining bright face. Um, they hit the ground in fear and Jesus comes along and says, No, it's okay. Yeah, don't I've, be afraid. I've got you. And we need to have this this understanding of just the immensity of hmm. who Jesus is mm-hmm. and what he's achieved for us. Right. Right. He's In that moment, us, they yeah. don't understand the cross. They don't no. understand the sacrifices coming. They don't understand the culmination that Jesus is going to make of the Passover feast. But here we get a picture of the fear of the Lord if you're with Jesus. Hmm can function a little different. Right. We can stand up with Jesus. Right. He covers us. He covers us and delivers us through that. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the same thing that he wants for us today. Right. Right. So he's got these three guys on the mountain. They get to see a picture of what the future looks like. Mm -hmm. This is written down for us so that we can see it as well. And that Jesus will deliver us into that. Right. Right. Uh, He will free us from the repercussions of um, you know, the sin, the weight, the mm, burden mm-hmm. that these three guys had. He freed them from it and delivers them into it, uh, into the future. Uh, and he's doing the same for us with what he did at the cross, shedding his blood for the forgiveness of our sins, descending to the grave, mm. rising again three days later, defeating death so that we can be found uh, sinless, blameless, because Jesus took it all for us. Mm-hmm. And then we can have eternity with yeah. God because death doesn't hold us anymore. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were told not to talk about it yeah. until Jesus was raised. I wonder if at what point the disciples, especially these three, looked back and was like, oh, that's what he was talking You know, like, because <laughs> oh, he does prepare yeah. them, but they don't get it. They don't get yeah. it. They don't get it. Yeah, it's like, and yeah. at what point do they finally start to put all the pieces together and go, okay. That's what he was doing. It's a cartoon. That's what he was. Yeah, that's what he was telling us about. I get it. Yeah, yeah. The kids watched that cartoon with the light bulb. Yeah. What is that? Is that the Minions? Yeah, I think it's. Oh, grew. Okay. Grew. When he has the idea, he understands. He's like a light bulb, and his brain lights up. Right. Same thing, right? The disciples (laughs) would have those moments. Here's the light bulb for us. Okay. 
when were the disciples told not, these three guys told not to talk about it until? Until Jesus' death. And resurrected. And raised from the dead. All right. So at this point, those three guys should have known that he was going to die and rise from the dead. And then when he did die, they should be... Yeah, but the, the Peter, Peter had issues, right? They all, like, yeah, yeah, of course. Still, <laughs> and that's what you're saying, the light bulb hasn't gone yeah, on. Yeah. But for us, hmm. what's this mean? Well, we're on the other side. He rose so from the dead years ago. So we can talk about it, yeah. right? We can yeah. talk about this. this we can talk about the talk fact about. that we know who the transfigured Christ is yeah. in his radiant glory, who is the son of God, who God hmm. is well pleased with, who is died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins and resurrected mm. from the dead so that we don't have to die and right. go into the grave, but we can live for eternity with God. Yeah. And we're actually told here, once I'm gone, right. talk about it. Right. Talk well, we are told it. how many times? Go and share. Yeah. So and that's my, that's my challenge. Lots of times we look at the transfiguration and people are like, oh, here's the theology of Moses and Elijah mm. and John the Baptist and why these three guys want to make tents. And, da, 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 yeah. da, da. and the, the takeaway here is Jesus said, once I'm gone, talk about this. Yeah. Talk so about me. What is our, our takeaway? Talk about him. Talk about him. Talk about your <laughs> Savior. Yeah. Um, you would be amazed how many times when we just talk about Jesus, mm. Jesus will open doors for us to have real conversations about him with people who desperately need to hear about him yeah. from people who believe in him. Mm. Amen. Yes. Well, thanks for joining us for our conversation today. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can always subscribe, leave a like or comment on our social streams, or even tell others about us. We appreciate any help in getting connected to people who are interested. As always, you can find us online at discipleship.ca and on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day, guys, and I hope you can join us next time. Till next time.